Welcome everybody to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. About this pastor, he was new in town and he was trying to visit all the shut-ins and he went to this convalescent home to visit this old saint of the church that had been there for years and uh, she was in a convalescent home now and she had a, a bowl of peanuts sitting on her nightstand. He sat down by her and started eating those peanuts. He ate one right after another and before he knew it, he had eaten every one of her peanuts. And he looked at her and he said, I am so sorry, sister. He, she, he said, I have sat here and ate every one of your peanuts. She said, oh, don't worry about it, son. She said, since I lost my teeth, all I can do is suck the chocolate off of them now anyway. <laughs> hey, have you ever had a season where it seems like life was so rough, all, you couldn't eat the peanut, all you could do was suck the chocolate off of it? Listen, I want to tell you that in spite of what the enemies tried, there are some sweet things going on. God is at work. He's still in charge. If you believe it, give the Lord a praise. Listen, I, I made the declaration, and I know that we are in spiritual warfare. I've never seen a time like this when the enemy wants to inflict wound after wound after wound on our nation and on our church. But here's what I know. God is a healer. And I've, I've called our church to enter into a season of healing, and I feel like I have a word from heaven. Are you ready? Let's look at Philippians 4. Listen, I'm, I'm so thankful for you folks that have come out. I was preaching just to a camera, and it just thrills me to have an amen corner. Are there any amen people in the house? All right, Philippians 4, verse 1. Paul is writing here, and he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, and long for brethren, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Watch this. Be united. How important is that for us today? Be joyful and in prayer. I implore Eudia, I implore Sintich to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and rest and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I wonder if there's anybody here and your name is in the book of life today. Isn't that good? Verse 4, this is a critical scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Here it goes now. This is especially important for us today. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for what? nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate and think on these things. 
Listen, I want to preach for a few minutes about fortifying your mind, about getting your mind in a place where your mind is not sick or worried or full of anxiety, but your mind is full of faith and victory and power. How many of you want your mind fortified today, do you? Slip up your hands here at home. Father, just teach us your word. Just let the Holy Spirit have his way. You're the teacher, Lord. I'm just the instrument. Use me today to encourage your people. And if you love the Lord, come on, give him a clap and a little shout. Amen. All right, be seated. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. If he said, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. I want to teach for just a few minutes on fortifying your mind. I believe the Lord gave me this for this critical season of healing. America needs to be healed. I, the church needs to be healed. And here in our text, we see the great apostle Paul exhorting Philippian believers. He wrote this letter to the Philippian church, and he says, here's what I want you to do. He said, be in the same mind as the Lord. Now, what is going on there behind the scenes is there's two sisters within the church who seems to be at odds with each other. And the rift there has been so great that it's, it's affecting the entire entirety of the church. The discord between these two women has torn the church apart, and the church in Philippi needed what the church in America needs today. It needed to be healed. It needed to be brought into unity. They were divided from each other because of the way that they thought, the way that they interpreted and saw the world. And I want to tell you, Division in the church in America is a great enemy, and it's something that the enemy wants so much to instill in the hearts of our nation is a divided church. But I'm declaring that there is a revival that is coming. I'm declaring that Jesus is going to bring sensible people together, people who are hungry for his spirit, hungry for his power, and hungry for his move. Is there anybody here that would qualify as that person? I want a move of God. If that's you, make a little noise in the room. These women were divided, and they had divided the church because of the way that they thought. And nothing separates and sickens the body of Christ more than people who are divided, more than church folks and churchmen and women who are divided. They're divided in their mentalities. And the problem is that we find ourselves where, where people are so divided that they refuse to find common ground. And that common ground is found through Jesus Christ. So Paul says here, here's what needs to happen. You need to get your mind on Jesus. You need to get your mind on the good things of God. I believe that the mind of the Lord has certain characteristics, and they're found in Galatians 5.22. They're called the fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faith, meekness, temperance. He said, against such, there is no law. Could you imagine what damage we could do to the devil's kingdom if the church just got filled with the Spirit and we exhibited the fruits of the Spirit? Now, now I believe the mind of the Spirit will be unity and that, that I believe that the mind of the Spirit will be on the Word of the Lord. It will point us toward these directions. But brothers and sisters, I want you to understand something. We're not all going to be the same. We're not all going to think the same. We can and should be diverse. We can be diverse 
diverse ethnically. We should be diverse culturally. We can be diverse on issues even philosophically. We have different tastes in music. We have different styles. We have different personal preferences. We are not Christian clones. But I want to say something to you. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the mind and the moving of the Spirit, when it comes to injustice, when it comes to racism or racial profiling, when it comes to righteousness, when it comes to the sanctity of life in the womb, when it comes to holiness, when it comes to truth, when it comes to the Word being the final authority on every issue, baby, that is common ground. That should bring us all together. When it comes to Jesus Christ being King of kings and Lord of lords, I cannot be divided from you. That brings me together with you. Can I say something to you? If you perceive me every other way but fail to understand me as a Christian, then you don't really know who I am. Before I am anything else, I am first a Christian. Before you understand me racially or culturally or politically or if philosophically or anything else, you've got to know this about Jim Rayleigh. Oh, how I love Jesus. I am born again. I am washed in the blood. I am full of the Holy Spirit. I believe every page in the Bible. I believe his word. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. I believe I have a Savior. I believe I have a Redeemer. I believe I have a healer and if you don't know that about me then you don't know anything about me because I live my life based on this fact I am born again is there anybody born again uh, this is where sensible people must find common ground are there any believers here are there any believers online if that's you make a little noise right now Tell somebody, if nobody's around you, talk to yourself, hallelujah. But, but tell somebody around you, say, I'm a Christ follower. Come on, y'all. I, I only talk to myself when I want expert advice. Can I get a witness in the house? That's a different message. That was free. I don't want to stay there. I'll pick that up in a couple of weeks. But, but here's what Paul is doing. Paul is calling the people in this text to be in the same mind as Christ. In other words... To get in the right mind, he said, I want you to get in the right mindset. And I don't want you just to get in the right mindset. I want you to keep the right mindset. Because how many of you know you can start out the day in the right mindset? 9 o'clock, you've got the right mind. But by 9.05, where are y'all at? You're saying like, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. And then the telephone rings and somebody got on your last nerve and you're like, I'm climbing up on the rough side of the mountain. Come on, you're not, you're not hardly surviving. But Paul said, you need to get to a place where you are not so driven and so affected by everything that goes on in the world that there is something inside of you that says everything is going to be all right because the Lord is on my side. So I want to talk to you today about, today about fortifying your mind. You say, Pastor, what does it mean to fortify your mind? I'm glad you asked. It means to strengthen against any attack. Now, you're kidding yourself if you think the devil won't come against you. 
You're kidding yourself if, if you think the devil won't attack you, so you need to be strengthened against any attack. And, and in the ensuing verses that Paul wrote from Philippians, he admonishes the believers to have the mind of the Lord. He said, he said in essence, he was telling them to fortify their mind. So number one, I want you to fortify your mind this week with praise. I want you to get your mouth full of praise. I want you to get your heart full of praise. One of the most essential realities in fortifying your mind is the fact that you've got to have a lifestyle of praise. Praise is not just when you come to church on Sunday. Praise is not just when the band is playing. Praise is not just when Pastor John is up here leading worship or Pastor Courtney. Praise is something that is a lifestyle. Praise is something that you do. Praise is something that when you open your mouth, there are moments in your day when praise finds its way out. Sometimes it's radical. Sometimes you praise the Lord when it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you praise the Lord in the midst of a bad doctor. Report. Sometimes you praise the Lord when your money isn't right. Sometimes you praise the Lord when things are going wrong. And that is a radical praise. Let me tell you this. Praise in a pandemic is radical praise. Praise in a pandemic when the enemy is saying this is going on and that is going on and the other is going on, but there is something inside of you that says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Some of you have been defeated in your mind. You've been defeated in your spirit. You've been defeated in your mentality. But if you will open up your mouth right now and begin to praise the Lord, there will be victory and joy and peace released. Oh. Hallelujah. The real truth is, I've lived this thing long enough now and walked it long enough to know that there are some things you must face because we don't get a free pass from trouble. Anybody live long enough and wave at me and you say you know that. There are things you must face and survive and you will only live through it. You will only make it through on account of praise. Because praise can fortify your mind. Praise gets your minds off of your circumstances and gets your mind on your solution. See, right now, the enemy wants you consumed with your circumstances. But when you begin to praise the Lord, when you begin to magnify Jesus, you are moving your focus off of your circumstances and you are moving your focus onto your solution. When you begin to praise the Lord, you're getting your eyes off of your problem and getting your eyes on your answer. So I need somebody right now who needs the Lord to move in some kind of way in your life. One, two, three, give God a praise right now. Now, watch this, watch. Some of you are thinking, well, pastor, I don't think now is the appropriate time to praise the Lord. There's too much drama, too many issues, pastor, it's just not time. And maybe you're thinking that, but I'm telling you what needs to happen today more than ever is that you need to praise the Lord because it is your praise that will secure your breakthrough. Now, let's look at the reality. Look at Paul. Paul's life was not perfect when he penned these words. Paul here is uniquely qualified to speak to the issue of praise because Paul was a man who was in an impossible situation, but nevertheless, he fortified his mind by 
by praising God. He strengthened his mind against attacks by praising God. Paul was in jail, y'all. He wasn't in the Hilton. He, he wasn't in the Hyatt. He was in jail. He was in a hell hole enduring prolonged imprisonment awaiting death by beheading. Yet somehow he had fortified his mind in praise. He wasn't just surviving. He was surviving with joy. And here's what the devil doesn't want you to know. He doesn't care if you survive as long as you survive miserably. The devil just doesn't want you to have joy. The devil is so warped. The devil is so jacked in his mentality that he takes your complaints as praise unto himself. You see, the devil got kicked out of heaven because he tried to take the glory of God unto himself. You can read the book that I wrote, Hell Spells, and Hell Spells will tell you about the origin of the devil. But the devil literally was made for worship. He was made for praise. In other words, his body had, had wind instruments. His body had jewels. His body had timbrels. His body was literally a worship instrument, and he reflected the glory of the Lord. It was something. The multicolored prisms of the glory of God reflected off his body, and he was made as the lead worshiper in heaven. But somehow along the line, he began to think that he was the source of the glory. He was the source of the light. But the truth is, and I don't care how beautiful a diamond is, if you put a diamond in a closet in the dark, you can't see it. The devil had no glory. He only reflected the glory of the Lord. So the devil was so hungry, he thought that he would produce the light. But it was the light of God reflecting on him that caused the glory to go across the galaxies. But here's the problem. When the Lord said, you're out, he still desired that worship. So when you are negative, when you say, I'm not going to make it, the devil is so sick and still desires that worship that he takes that as praise unto himself. But what frustrates hell is when right in the middle of a pandemic, right in the middle of bills, right in the middle of trouble, something inside of you says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And somebody praise the Lord. Do you know that when, I need to get back on my notes, but I feel this in my spirit. Do you know that when you praise the Lord in trouble, you are insulting hell? I dare you right now, give the Lord a praise and let the devil know you ain't beat, you're not done, God is still working. Glory to God. So Paul says here, here he is in jail, in the natural, no reason to praise the Lord looks like, but he pins the word, sitting in jail, rejoicing the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Now this is really powerful when you kind of dissect the text. Because he said again. Somebody say again. You know, people look at you and say, you praising God again? You giving God glory again? You going to church again? You tithing again? You believing again? You declaring again? See, again is the word palin. It literally means repetition. It means a habit. Oh. It means a lifestyle. Come on now. It means every time I turn around. I'm praising God. Everything's not perfect, but every time I turn around, 
I see the goodness of the Lord. Tell your neighbors, say, every time I turn around. Come on, holler at somebody down the road and say, every time I turn around. I'm not telling you everything is perfect, but every time I turn around, I see where God has made a way. Every time I turn around, every time I look at my children, every time I look at my house, every time I, every time I go to my job, every time I turn around, he keeps making a way. I dare somebody right now who's got to every time you turn around praise, just praise him right now. Ugh. Come on, you're fortifying your mind right now with your praise. You're strengthening your mind. You're getting your eyes off of your circumstances and onto your Savior. It's the word palin, but the root word is pale, P-A-L-E. It literally means to wrestle with. It means to contend with. You know why the, that word is linked to the word pale? It's because there are times in your life when you're not going to feel like praising the Lord. There's times in your life when you don't see things manifesting in fruition the way you wanted them to manifest. There are going to be times in your life when you're going to deal with doctor's reports. You're going to wrestle with issues. You're going to have crazy family members. There are times in your life when you're going to see a society that is dealing with injustice. There are times in your life when you'll look at the world and say, oh my goodness, what's going on? And you'll have to fight for your praise. But it's a fight that's worth fighting. I tell you right now, the enemy wants your mind full of confusion. The enemy wants your mind full of doubt. The enemy wants your mind full of fear. The enemy wants to afflict your mind and cause you to give up. The enemy wants to tell you that COVID's never leaving. The enemy wants to tell you that our country's going the wrong direction and we'll never get it right. The enemy wants to to tell you we'll never have church full again. We'll never see revival again. But something inside of me says that he is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. So I open my mouth not based on what I see, but based on who he is and what he's able to do. I praise him because I know I attract him when I, I dare you right now. Praise him like you believe you attract him when you praise him. Come on, the Bible said the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You say, well, pastor, I've lost track of God. Well, let me give you his address. His address is P.O. Box praise. It's when you open your mouth and begin to praise him. I need maybe just 50 of you, but I need somebody right now who wants to get your eyes off of your circumstances and open your mouth and praise. Do it now. One, two, three, praise him here and praise him at home. Even if you have to wrestle, even if you have, a fight, have to fight to praise him, don't lose your praise. Tell somebody, don't lose your praise. You know what David said? David said, when I remember you on my bed. Come on now. Usually when we go to bed, that's when the worry tries to hit us. Any real people in the house, wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. That's when hell wants to bring anxiety against us. But David said, I'm going to flip the script. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. He said, I start thinking about how good you've been because you have been my help. David said, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to think about how many times you've helped me. I'm going to think about how many times you made a way for me. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me because... You have been 
my help. See, Paul was a man who praised God because in times gone by, God had been his help. Paul went through the pressure of prison, the pain of prison, the pressure of a death sentence, the pain of trouble, the pressure of all his churches that he had built, maybe crumbling without his leadership, and he lost so much. He lost freedom. He lost the opportunity to preach in the traditional way. But let me tell you, he never lost his praise. We lose our praise if somebody talks about us. We lose our praise if we get mad watching somebody's Facebook post. If we're not careful, we'll lose our praise because of a little bit of pressure and when a believer loses his praise he loses the mind of God see you need to tell somebody don't lose your mind hallelujah because when you lose your praise you lose the mind of God see you need to be real 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 careful there's some of you watching me right now some of you in the room right now you've been through some stuff and if you'll be honest some of the things that you've made it through some of the things that you've gone through you only made it because you knew how to praise the Lord. Oh, your praise sustained you. Your praise encouraged you. Your praise even healed you because your praise got you through. Tell your neighbor, say, don't lose your praise. Yeah, yeah, if you're home by yourself, grab the dog and just look at the dog and say, dog, I'm not going to lose my praise. Let me tell you something. I'm standing before you now, and I'm 56 years old, and I've been preaching for 36 years, and I've traversed all kinds of seasons. I've lost friends. I've lost opportunities. I've lost sleep. And I've lost money and I've lost more but I'll tell you one thing I'm here today because in spite of everything I lost I never lost my praise the truth is long as I had my praise son I knew that everything was gonna be all right because the only way I got to where I am and I got what I have is because I knew how to trust God and believe his word so I knew as long as I had my praise no matter what I lost I'd be able to get it back because when I praise the Lord he would come into my presence and when he comes into my presence the Bible said he is a restorer he is a way maker are there any praises in the house today? Everything you need is sometimes in your mouth. So you heal and fortify your mouth, your life, number one, through praise. Number two, you fortify your mind through purity. Paul said in prison now, he's concerned about the way people are living. And he says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. See, purity, a pure heart, an unwillingness to hold on to anger and unforgiveness and vitriol and hatred, it will purify your heart because, listen, you better write this down. It's impossible to have a healed life and a sick mind. It's impossible here in this text, Paul says something so amazing. He said, let your moderation be known to all men. Moderation means gentleness. It means fairness. It means appropriate behavior. If we've ever needed church folk not to act crazy, come on now. How many of you know some of the craziest stuff you have seen in the last months has been from church people. Can I get a witness? But fortunately, none of them are here today. Come on. And they're not watching online either. They were watching first service. Can I get a witness? 
But the reality is we got to act right. As never before, we've got to act right. We've got to behave ourselves. The, root, the truth is nothing really changes until our minds change. And our minds will either be polluted or they will be pure. And the enemy wants the circumstances that we are living in to sicken our mind and pollute our mind. But thinking pure thoughts will purify and fortify and heal our minds. And we can't allow our minds to run amok. Have you ever had your mind, it goes here, it goes there, it goes there. Why she do that? Why he doing this? Who think he is? Why? Come on, it just runs amok. But appropriate behavior requires an appropriate mindset. In other words, before you say something, you think it. Preach, Pastor Ready. Y'all were shouting over praise. I said, before you say something, you think it. Before you do something, you think it. Even before you say negative things, you're thinking it. Before you do negative things, you think it. Come on, you entertain it. That's why the Bible said you got to bring thoughts into captivity. Come on, you got to tear down every high thing, every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And what the enemy wants you to do is think revenge. The enemy wants you to think hatred. The enemy wants you to think unforgiveness. The enemy wants you to think ism and schism and wrong and racism. The enemy wants you to think unrighteousness and impureness. The enemy wants you to think wickedness. But let me tell you, you need to push all that out and say, God, redeem my mind. Cleanse my mind. Let my mind get full of faith and my life will get full of faith. Let my mind get full of praise and my life will get full of praise. Let my mind get full of victory. The Bible said he'll renew your mind. I tell you right now, come on, Panama City. Shout right now that God is renewing your mind. Come on, you've been defeated long enough. You've been beat down long enough. You've been depressed long enough. God is releasing a victorious mindset. Make a little noise if you're ready for it. Now, here's, here we go. It's really going to get deep now. Let your moderation, watch this, be known to how many men? All men. That's women too. I'm about to make a statement that might shake some stuff, might, might aggravate some people. It's the last thing some people want to hear, hear. But it's not enough to be known for going to church. We need to be known for living holy. Oh, it's quiet now. You know, and, and I remember when we used to hear about holiness. I remember when we used to be challenged in our lifestyle. And the only way we will ever live a pure life, we cannot have a, we cannot have a clean life and a dirty mind. So we got to deal with our mind. So Paul says it like this. He said, and now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix. Somebody shout fix. You know, when old Rover... When you want him to stop producing, when you want Spot to stop producing, you get him fixed. Oh, it's quiet in here now. Some of us need to have our minds fixed because all we are doing is continually, continually birthing the negative. Fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is good, on what is right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine, good things in others. See, the enemy wants us to identify every transgression, every negative thing. Man, what's wrong with these people? Why don't they feel like I feel about this issue? The enemy wants you to exalt the negative in everybody, but start looking for the fine, good things in others. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, neither did you and neither did I, but Jesus looked for the best in us. 
Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. Somebody say, fix your thoughts. Think about what you're thinking about. Corrupt, impure, and unhealthy thoughts will destroy your minds and short-circuit your destiny. Watch this. In order to forsake the old man and the old life, you and I must forsake our old diseased way of thinking. Write this down. A new man requires a new mind. I think what's happening right now is that God wants to give his church a new mind. He wants us to love one another. And he's using this season to fortify and heal our minds whether we see it or not. Paul never allowed his circumstance to rob him of his praise. It blows me away because as I read this, Paul stayed pure. Paul stayed pure. He never allowed himself, never one time. Do you see his tone in the text become one of hatred? Never one time do you see him exhibiting any hatred or any anger toward the Lord. He never sat there in that prison and said, God, I have served you. What is going on? Have you abandoned me? Have you forsaken me? He never acted like it was so terrible that God allowed him to do this. He stayed in love with the Lord. And watch this. He never even, he never even directed his anger toward his tormentors. He kept right on trusting God. How do you love when you're in prison? How do you love when everything seems to be going wrong? How do you love when you're on death row? Let me tell you how you do it. You do it because you don't have the mind of this world. You have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. And that changes everything. His desperate praise outweighed his desperate circumstances and his praise renewed and fortified his mind. Now watch this. The Bible said in Psalms 107, verse 8, Oh, that men and women, come on now, would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Give me a band out here. I'm about to do something. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works, come on, and for his goodness to the children of men. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Do you have anything to praise the Lord over? I said, do you have anything? Are you at home? I said, do you have anything to praise the Lord over? If you knew that your praise would heal your soul and fortify your mind, how would you praise it? If you knew that your praise would bring you victory and joy, how would you praise it? So here's what I want you to do. Right now, wave at me if you got any reason to praise the Lord. Okay, wave at me. I'm seeing you in my mind. Wave at me at home if you got any reason to praise the Lord. Come on. I know some of y'all are at home, but you y'all watching. We've had thousands of people watching us online, so you just wave at me if you got anything to praise the Lord for. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of the top five reasons. Think of the top five reasons that you have to praise the Lord right now. Think of five reasons that you ought to praise God. Now, the Bible says to praise the Lord with all your might. The Bible says to praise him in the sanctuary, praise him in the mighty expanse, praise him for his mighty deeds according to his excellent greatness, praise him on the tambourine, praise him with the instruments, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The Bible said clap your hands, all your people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. The Bible said dance before the Lord and leap for joy. 
Listen, I'm going to ask you this. Do you have have five reasons? I want you to start thinking of five right now. Have you hit three yet? Have you hit four? Come on, there's one. There's two. You got three yet? There's three. There's, you got four? Have you found four? How many of you say, Pastor, I passed five a long time ago? Got, how many of y'all say, I got way more than five? How many of you say, I already passed seven? Pastor, I hit ten a few minutes. Pastor, I, I'm losing count. So here's what I want you to do. Maybe, maybe you don't have time to tell everybody all five, but just holler at somebody or talk to yourself. Tell somebody one reason why you praising God today. Just tell somebody one reason. Say, this is the reason why I'm praising the Lord. Tell your neighbor, say, this is the reason. This is why I can't shut up my praise. Tell somebody. Now, one, two, three. Lift up a praise before the Lord at home. Come on. Come on. You ought to, you ought to shout right at the house. There's something that happens. You can be seated. I'm, I'm going to close. There's something that happens when you begin to praise the Lord. You fortify your mind. Paul said, I'm not denying my location. I'm not denying my circumstances. I'm not denying that things are hard. I'm not denying that I'm on death row. I'm not denying that things are not manifested. Because if you, if you study the text, often when Paul wrote, he would tell people how much he hoped to see him again. But yet there he was, and he fortified his mind through praise. He said, listen, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. And that's what I'd encourage you to do. Again, I say rejoice. So this week, I want you to praise the Lord. I don't know if y'all saw my little dance partner. This little girl came up. Me and her had a good time praising the Lord. She had her mask on. Did y'all see that? They put that on camera. Wasn't that something to see? If that little girl who's lived so little bit of life could stand up here and praise God with me, How much more, you rascal, should you praise God after all the goodness that he's revealed in your life? Now listen, here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to, he said, said, let let your gentleness, your meekness. Paul said, he said, let your purity be known. Before men, let your moderation, there it is, be known before men, gentle, kind. Be kind this week. Be, 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 listen, you can stand strong on issues, but you don't have to be mean. Come on, somebody. I'm, I, I just, I, I, I just feel like I'm living, I'm making everybody mad. Some people are mad at me because, man, you should shut the church down. Other people are mad at me because you you have lost your mind. I saw you. Not the whole church has a mask on. You should have a mask on. They should wear a hazmat suit. Come on, somebody. You you can't please everybody. So I'm just going to do my best. 
Come on, I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to try to hear the Lord. And I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to give other people the benefit of the doubt that you need. That they're just trying to do the best they can in life. And if they disagree with you and it's a real big issue, it is ignorance on their part. And you need to pray for them that God would educate them and open up truth in their lives. Come on. That we would be healers. So we fortify our mind through praise. So everybody stand. Are there any praisers in the house? Any praisers watching? Make a little noise if you're a praiser. Come on, let me hear you. So you fortify your mind through purity. So check my heart. God, I want to have a pure heart before you. But number three, you fortify your mind through prayer. The Lord showed me that this battle that we're in, it, it ain't a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle. And I have found myself seeking the Lord. I have found myself praying. I have found myself going after God. Don and I laid in bed last night and just saw the face of God. Cried out for you. Cried out for our church. Cried out for our nation. Because I know what pushes hell back and what heals the land is praying people. Hallelujah. So I want you to fortify your mind through prayer. That's what we're doing this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. I've been shocked that we social distance every service now, but this is not a traditional service. We come in here, and we've had awesome crowds of people that have just come to walk this property and walk this building and pray. I believe that praise, purity, and prayer is going to fortify our minds, but how many of you believe it can heal our nation? Anybody? So can I, can I speak the blessing of the Lord over you? I want you, to, I want you to let the drama, let the pressure, I want you to let it go from your mind right now. Let unforgiveness, let anger, let rage, let God lift it right out and let God bring you peace right now. Let him bring you joy right now. I declare that joy is being released over your mind right now. Will you just receive it? Slip up your hands at home. I declare that peace is coming right over your mind. I declare that this week you're going to be surprised with the clarity that you're able to find because you're going to be full of praise. I declare that this week, hallelujah, that when you rise in the morning or you lay down at night, you'll think about the goodness of the Lord and peace is going to invade your life. It's going to invade your mind. I declare the drama that you felt at work and the drama and the issues the enemy's tried to bring against you with family and the worry that's been over you as you've watched the news and the anxiety that the enemy's tried to bring to you. I declare that you're fortifying your mind right now and that the peace of God that passes all understanding, it just comes over you right now. It comes over your house right now. It comes over your children right now. I I declare that joy just comes over you this week. I declare this week, I declare on Monday you're going to have joy. On Tuesday you're going to laugh a lot. On Wednesday you're going to smile. On Thursday you're going to find good fellowship with your family. On Friday you're going to walk in healing power. On Saturday you're going to know God has been on my side all week long. I bind discord and division from our nation. I take authority on over the attacks of the enemy that has tried to divide the church and tried to keep us apart. I decree and declare that there is a healed and whole church that's going to rise out of the ashes and we're going to see revival like we've never seen it. I thank you, God, and I give you praise here and I give you praise at home. Come on, Panama City. Come on and give God praise for what he's going to do. Come on at home and give God
God praise. Come on, Ormond Beach. Come on and live your new Smyrna. Come on, come on and come on, Palm Coast. Open your mouth and make a little noise and give the Lord praise. I love you. Anybody going to walk with a renewed mind this week? Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.